on this night, free throws, 27 for 38 East Carolina, Bulls 7 for 13. The Bulls in this game had nine more field goal makes than East Carolina and lost. Like I said on Twitter, I don't think I need to do the research, but I'm going to predict that that's not happened this year in Division I basketball. The Bulls were 25 of 63. The Pirates were 16 for 46. Problem is, only three of the Bulls' makes were from three-point range, and again, there was a plus 20 advantage on the other side at the free throw line. There were two bad stretches for the Bulls in this game. In the first half, it was really bad on both sides for a long stretch. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was not pretty basketball on both ends, and that was the good part. The Bulls went from the 1640 mark to the 955 mark without a point. They went from up 6-5, but just down 12-6. So East Carolina, in those seven minutes nearly, could only score itself seven points and actually just one field goal. So yeah, it was rough. Bulls missed six straight from the floor. However, they got it going, and this is when the game got very interesting. Here's how the first half ended. Remember, the Bulls have had issues closing out halves, and in this case, the Pirates would lead by seven with three minutes to go in the half, would lead by five as we near the minute mark, but it ended well. Some key contributions from a lot of Bulls here. Jim Lighthall's calls. Bulls need some offense here. 8.55 to go first half. One for their last nine with six turnovers over that stretch. Looking to get it in. They do to Russell Chiwa. He's got DeBow guarding him, trying to back him down. Dribbles with his left hand, puts up a tough shot that goes in. Russell Chiwa with 8.47 to go in the first half. Cuts it down to four. Going left, shot it with his right hand against his body. Here's a jumper in the corner that's good by Robinson White, and they give it right back to ECU. 17-10. Coming back the other way, Sorrell Smith on the left wing. Bounce passes inside to Chiwa. Working on DeBow. Couple dribbles, puts up with the right hand, and Big Russ is going to end up at the free throw line. Five points for Chiwa. He's the leading scorer in the game for USF. Second free throw is also good by Big Russ. 17-12. That brings a clap out of the head coach to Sam Hines. Got a screen from Chiwa. Left side, Javon Green. Long distance three. Good from Javon Green from way downtown. And the Bulls get their first triple of the game. They cut that lead in half. 19-16 now. Here's Newton. Drives into contact. Knocked out of his hands and picked up by Caleb Murphy. Here come the Bulls. Left side pass to Javon Green. Euro steps around a man, and his layup is good. He left Vance Jackson flat-footed, and we have a one-point game. Bulls have made four of their last five. Inside of Chiwa. They've caught him in a switch. Jump hook right hand by Chiwa is good. And Big Russ is the first player in the game in double figures. Corey Walker back in the game and some pressure in the backcourt. They get it ahead to Caleb Murphy. Now it's a three-on-three. Caleb races it into the front court. Sam Hines to the elbow. 15-foot jump shot. Swished it in. And give credit to the Bulls for breaking pressure and getting the three-on-three game going there. And for Sam, he knocks down the jump shot. He's got four, and it's back to a two-point game. Second free throw by Caleb Murphy. Looks a lot better. Too strong, though. Byron Matos with an offensive rebound. One dribble. Goes up strong off the window. Didn't go. Followed by Corey Walker from the Rafters with two hands. He flushed it, and the Bulls get two. Corey Walker came flying in and dunked over everybody. Kicks out to Newton. Long range three is good. Flat-footed, deep three. And that's the shot that can hurt his own for sure. And Newton, who can really shoot it from distance, knocks it down. The lead is back to seven. Caleb Murphy. They hedge out. He has to give it up to Javon Green. Puts it on the floor. Gets all the way to the basket. His shot off the window. Didn't go. Matos offensive rebound. Kicks out to Murphy. Now to Mur- Now to Walker. Now back to Green. Steps in the corner. Launches a three. Didn't go. Corey Walker offensive rebound. Never came down with it and lays it in. 
Leaves it for D.J. Patrick, open for three, launches, looks good. Off the back iron, no good, though, and a rebound by East Carolina. Boy, that was dead on, just a whisker long. Here come the Pirates. Right side pass to Jackson. Near corner it goes, enters it in, down low to Frank. Blocked by Corey Walker when he put it up. Corey got another one. He's making a living down there blocking shots. USF ends up with the loose ball. Murphy to the elbow, throws a little floater off the front rim. It fell in. Got pulled in there and a timeout by Joe Dooley. Doesn't like it that his guys down low are getting their shot blocked. And with 1.38 to go before the break, the Bulls have gotten it back down to three. Lead pass to Newton with 15 on the game clock. Drives it into the paint. Reverse layup didn't go. Battle for the rebound. Suggs ends up with it. It's loose. Stolen away by USF. Javon Green sneaks a peek at the clock. Six to go on the clock. Gets all the way to the basket. Falling down off the window. Didn't go. Corey Walker! Two-handed dunk with a second to go. And the Bulls cut it to one. Corey Walker with another putback for the green and gold. Two dunks in the first half. This guy's been dynamic for USF on the offensive glass, and the Bulls trail by one. Are they losing? Yes. Did they steal momentum? Yes. They got to stop at one end, and they finish at the other end. They hold East Carolina without a field goal for the last three minutes and 19 seconds. And long story short, it was a game. A one-point game kept it going to a point in the second half. Here's how that sounded. Great defense right there. Here comes Caleb Murphy behind the back to the free throw line. Stops and pops from 16. Good, Caleb Murphy. It's a two-point game. Bulls with a three on two. Here's Sam Hines. Euro steps, kicks it in the corner. Caleb Murphy wide open for three. Let's it fly. Didn't go in a rebound by Vance Jackson. He literally couldn't have been any more wide open than that. Now to Vance Jackson, who's gone quiet. Newton drifting right. Comes back to Jackson, who got free. Quick trigger three. Left wing good. I guess I should have kept my mouth shut. First field goal of the game for Vance Jackson. And the lead goes back to five, 42-37. Caleb Murphy goes to the basket, attacks hard off the window and in, and he beat Robinson White to the rack that time. Good recovery defense by ECU, and the Pirates end up with it. Newton's going to go to the basket. He runs over Javon Green, offensive foul. Javon gets the last laugh on that exchange, and he has been the guy that's taken more fouls or offensive fouls than anybody, drawing those charges here over the last two weeks. Inside to Russell Chiwa, working against Frank. Tries to hook him, steps through, got away with a walk, and the layup is good. Russell Chiwa took the extra step, and they allowed it to happen. I'm not going to complain. 14.09 to go. Bulls trail by two. USF gets a steal. Corey Walker takes it away, gambled on the pass, then he shuffles it over to Javon Green. Back to Corey Walker, and the layup is good, and we're tied at 43. Right side to Corey Walker. There was real estate there. Decided not to take the shot. Now he's going to take an 18-footer. Right side. Good! Corey Walker has 10. Season high is 11. He's done it twice in the last three weeks. Drifting to his left. Gets it to Corey Walker. Comes to the right wing to DJ Patrick. Here's Javon Green. Straight on. Couple ball fakes back to Patrick. Right side three, lets it fly. Bingo! DJ! Number three on his jersey gets the triple and the Bulls' second make from beyond the arc. They retake the lead 48 46. Murphy, left side pass to Javon Green. Gets it off to Boggs. And now Caleb Murphy touches. He's got the freshman small on him. Comes back to the left wing. Boggs open, left side three, fires. Good! From Charlotte, it's a homecoming for Jake Boggs. A big triple, and the Bulls retake the lead. 51 to 50. And that's where we'll end the highlights. If you want to listen to the last 10 minutes of the game, we will replay it. Go to our Twitter page at Bulls Unlimited for the schedule. Russ Chiwa on two separate trips would add three free throws. East Carolina would go scoreless from around the 11 minute mark 
to the six and a half minute mark and the Bulls led 54 to 50. And then the Bulls just had some really poor possessions. Turnovers. It's not like they had a bunch of great shots. They just couldn't get going. And I'd love, as I said on Twitter, to credit the Pirates. And I'm quick to do that. If the other team is just locking you down, that's one thing. But it was just not good. Now you heard Corey Walker's presence after he made those back-to-back shots for the two-point lead at the 1309 mark. He would check out about a minute later and would essentially be off the court for the 10 nothing run for East Carolina where the Bulls missed seven shots in a row. Didn't find out exactly why that was. We'll try to for you, but a lot of people were asking, including me. Bulls did, after missing seven in a row, make back-to-back shots to make it a two-point game, but East Carolina was able to make its four free throws in the final 30 seconds, and they made plenty of other free throws, part of what Brian Gregory had to say with Jim Lighthall afterwards. Turnovers down the stretch really really hurt us. I think the three things that stand out was the, 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 the fight that our guys played with. As I said, most common teams would not continue to fight the way these guys are. You know, you're starting to, you know, see emergence of some guys that, that are playing better for us and doing a lot of good things. Young guys that are, are scrapping and clawing and trying to get better and trying to make game-winning plays. But in the, in the end, uh, the probably four turnovers in the last six minutes, not converting uh, enough at the free throw line and fouling too much on defense. It was a bitter pill to swallow because I thought we did a lot, a lot of good things, but there was... Two or three plays at the end, offensively, just not as sharp as we need to be. Um, and then the fouling really hurt us. When you're in a one-possession game, all those critical things come back to haunt you. You know, a couple missed layups that we had, a couple turnovers again in the open court when we have some advantage breaks. Just didn't finish those as much as we need to. We turned it over eight in the, in the second half with, again, the bulk of those really coming over the last six minutes yeah, of the I game. Think of, think yeah, I think there was five in the in the last five or six minutes of the uh, of the game. And, and um and then a couple shots that were, you know, right there that we just didn't convert. You know, a couple, you know, we had two layups on back cuts that were great plays that we that we didn't convert. A layup on a drive that we didn't convert. It's just those little things, you know, you're scrapping and clawing to get every single one. And when you don't put points on the board yeah. with those plays, it just, just kills you. Always appreciate the coach's time. He spoke to Jim for about nine minutes after that tough loss. Got to mention Russ Chiwa, career-high 18 points and 10 rebounds. Six of nine free-throwing the rest of the team, though. Just one for four. It was all Caleb Murphy. So only two Bulls got to the free-throw line. On the other side, Newton, eight for eight. Robinson White, six for six. Suggs, nine for 13. Three other guys had three free-throw attempts. Actually, two of them were combined two for six. Bulls should have found the other guys. But rebounding, Bulls plus nine. Field goal makes, Bulls plus nine. Final score, ECU, 64 to 60. And again, nice job, Corey Walker. 10 points, eight boards on five to seven shooting, as you heard. Some flushes there. So the Bulls are going to finish in last place. Tulsa lost last night. They're next to the Bulls in 10th, but have the season sweep. So it's all about making sure UCF finishes in the sixth spot. And right now, that's where the Knights are. It's all about finishing strong for the women's basketball team. Again, no preview because it's the same thing we said about Wichita a couple days ago. One thing that I think from the harrowing nature of the victory is you don't have to worry about the Bulls having a trap feel. If they had beaten Wichita State easily in this game, you'd be concerned that they would assume and sort of not have that edge about them, but I think they'll have an edge to make it not so exciting at the end tonight. We'll be on the air at 645. Tulane won yesterday against SMU, meaning the Green Wave are right behind the Bulls in third place still. In fact, both teams are six games above 500. 
but Tulane's played two more games. Percentage points-wise, that's why the Bulls are in second. There will not be a tie. We don't have to worry about tiebreakers because Tulane's going to end up playing the full 16 conference games, and the Bulls will end up one shy of that. They won't make up the game against Memphis. Tulane has two games left. you got to assume they're going to win them both. If they lose one, the Bulls are in certainly second place. If they win them both, then the Bulls will have to win their final three. Again, tonight against Wichita, then Sunday at East Carolina, and the regular season wraps up next Wednesday against Houston. I suppose, and I'll have to find out the whole deal on this, if Tulane could get the second seed potentially via a tiebreaker, that the league could force the Bulls and Memphis to make things up, but that would go against the original statement by the league, which said it's up to the schools to do it. So I would guess what I just said before is true. There will not be a tie to be broken between the Bulls and the Green Wave because they'll end up not playing the same amount of games. Women's tennis, as we told you on this show, they've lost a lot of close ones this year, seven matches in a row. 4-3 losses a couple times, which is as tight as it gets in tennis. And yesterday, a 4-3 win for the Bulls against a previously undefeated team. As we said, the Stetson Hatters had played an inferior schedule as far as what the Bulls had gone up against. And no doubt, that probably made a difference in the end. But the unlikely swing result, you could not have foreseen. Bulls get the doubles point. Amelie Boy, the experienced one, and the freshman Sierra Berry won theirs at number one six four, And it came down to the number two doubles team of Grace Schumacher and Marguerite Timmermans winning 7-5, so that was tight. Barry, the freshman at the number one spot, rolled 6-2-6-2, so the Bulls were up 2-0, but quickly Stetson would pull even with straight-set victories at 5-3. So, it was two apiece with three matches left, and Stetson won the next one because their Noah Cohen had dropped the first set against Timmermans, but rolled 6-love, 6-1, so Stetson had the momentum. It came down to number six player for the Bulls, Celine Yalali did not play last year. This was her second singles match of this year, and she hadn't won. She had not won a singles match in two seasons and had to win to keep the Bulls alive, and it was tight, and she won. 6-3-7-5, so it came down to the number two court. An intense match where a line judge had to be enlisted in the third set, which means the players were questioning one another's calls. If you're not familiar with college tennis, you call your own lines, and if one player disagrees with the call, they can go to the head judge and they can overturn it. But sometimes you bring in a line judge when it's really, I'd say, contentious. And Grace Schumacher rolled in the third set 6-1. Nice win for the Bulls. They're back at home against FGCU on Sunday. If you get a chance to go to the USF Men's Soccer Twitter page, the goal by Josh Gomina last night, which even things up against the Rowdies, was a sensational volley. But the Rowdies would win that exhibition 6-2. Here's a little bit as promised of track and field coach Eric Jenkins on how the Bulls are looking, some standout performers, along with Steve Bradley on what he thinks about the Bulls' top performer, now ranked ninth in the country, if you miss that, Alvin Bergstrom. Right now, some of the folks that are doing a good job uh, for us in, in our, you know, in national level and conference level, uh, Shana Davila is a young lady who's running well for us as a hurdler. She's one of the top hurdlers in the country right now. Her teammate, who uh, just came in for us, Hannah Connell, actually won the meet this weekend in Chicago. Nice. Um, you know, and, and those two young ladies actually went one and two in a very, very competitive meet, having Oregon and Arizona and Wisconsin and some of the better teams in the country to go head up with those programs and, and to go one, two was, was big for our program. Uh, you know, another person that's doing very well, Shania Benjamin, is, you know, last year she finished 10th in the NCAAs as a true freshman. She's a young lady from right here out of Tampa, uh, and she's leading the long jump right now and one of the top jumpers in the country. So wow. so we've got a few people who are doing 
a good job. It's uh, been special to watch him this year. You know, I, I, I like all the guys on the team. I don't have a favorite any, by any means. But to get a chance to watch him play when he's playing good is, is you know, something that you don't get a chance to see every day. And then um, even when he's not playing good, he's still playing good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we've played 15 rounds this year, and he's been under par in 13 of them, shot even in one of them and one over par in the other one. So his, his worst round is one over par this wow. year. So, um, you know, he, he is changing – our program almost single-handedly. He's, he's got he's got support, no doubt. We've got some depth this year, which we haven't had in years past, uh, and it's been great for everybody. You know, we've played four different lineups now in six events, so uh, I think that makes us all better one through nine as well. But um, but he is he he's on a tear right now, and and I don't want it to stop by any means because because <laughs> he's doing awesome stuff. A lot of awesome stuff from that day of interviews with Jay and Ian. All with the USF head coaches can be found at the WDAE website, but definitely wanted to give you some of that here on Bullsby. That's going to wrap it up for the Thursday show. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.